up, everyone? This is Shiragam, and I want to welcome you to episode 47 of the Hashishin, brought to you by our partners, Rosin Evolution, where you can visit at rosinevolution.com. As always, thank you for tuning in. I'd also like to welcome you to a new year and new season of the Hashishin. We start the year off with Arturo of La Sagrada Farms, based in Barcelona, Spain. He gives us his thoughts as an Italian living in Spain on how the water hash scene has developed in Barcelona over the last several years, while also telling us a bit about his partnership based in friendship, La Sagrada Farms, some of their intentions, philosophies, and practices, and much more, so definitely stay tuned for it. A final reminder for our new live date of Coffee and Donuts with Adam in Denver on February 11th and 12th. We originally sold out. We opened up a few more slots, so grab them while you can. Dab Logic will be there, Ken Wall will be there, My Ohio Melts will be there, Nika T will be there, and a ton more folks. The food pairings will be done in collaboration with Groovy Gravy. So come here and smoke from the best and see what we've cooked up for Coffee and Donuts Denver on February 11th and 12th. The remaining tickets are on sale via our Eventbrite. You can find it via the link on our Instagram, whether it's the Hashishin or coffee.donuts.adam or at thehashishin.com. Shout out to the kind people that make up our community on Patreon. Another year is only possible because of each one of you and your support. I feel incredibly blessed to be doing this work, so thank you. If you ever want to support the podcast, grab a t-shirt or listen to additional interviews, visit us at patreon.com backslash the hashishin, that's the hashish, I-N-N, or find the link on our Instagram bio. Shout out to another big reason that we're able to keep the podcast rolling, our awesome sponsors, including our partners at Rosin Evolution, the best bags in the game, who again, you can visit at rosinevolution.com, your one-stop shop for quality bags, whether you wash, press, or both, Rosin Evolution has got you covered. Used by many of the top makers in the country, you can count on their reliability and their great customer service will only make your experience that much better. So again, if you need anything to make rosin, visit rosinevolution.com and use our discount code, the letters THI, the number 710. That's THI710, saves you 5% on your entire order at Rosin Evolution and supports the podcast. We're very excited to welcome our newest sponsor, one of the true legacy glass brands, Toro Glass brainchild of artist JP Toro, who you can visit on Instagram at Toro underscore glass or on their site, toroglassgallery.com, where their imagination and passion for cannabis and its resin has inspired innovation for the way that we all consume it. Pioneering functional glass art since the early 2000s to more recently introducing us to the Terp Slurper, Toro stays on the forefront of innovation while maintaining their extremely high standards of quality. So whether you're looking for quartz or high-end glass art that focuses on high-end function and design, visit Toro at toroglassgallery.com or their Instagram at toro underscore glass. We're also very excited to welcome Hashhead Outfitters, who you can visit on Instagram 
at hashheadoutfitters or on their site, hashheadoutfitters.com, where they focus on small batch luxury loungewear that will have you feeling extra cozy with that dab. They currently have a full line of gear available from their debut hasher design, including crewnecks, hoodies, and sweatpants made of responsibly sourced 100% cotton, no synthetics, as well as their incredibly comfortable cashmere beanie. So if you're like me and you love to feel comfortable while you're chilling, check out our new friends who cater to hash lovers lifestyles, Hashhead Outfitters. Again, you can find them at hashheadoutfitters.com or on Instagram at hashheadoutfitters. And last but not least, shout out to Zach Brown Glass, making the best carb caps in the game. You can visit him on Instagram at Zach Brown Glass, that's Z-A-C-K Brown Glass, or on his website, ZachBrownGlass.com, where he's been providing the hash community a trusted source for maximizing every dab through his extremely high quality carb caps. Each cap is tested for perfect function. And let me tell you from personal experience, you can feel the difference. So if you want to make each one of your dabs that much more enjoyable, check out ZachBrownGlass.com and grab yourself the best cap in the game. I appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 47 of the Hashishin. I'm your host, Shrag Mamir. Today, I am very excited to be here with Arturo of La Sagrada Farms, based out of Barcelona, Spain. You can follow them on Instagram at la underscore sagrada, that's S-A-G-R-A-D-A underscore farms. What's up, Arturo? How are you? Good evening. Thank you very much for, for inviting for invite us in this podcast. Today, uh, I'm here speaking from the side of my other two partners. We are three people in the group. Yeah, that was one of the things that you told me was important to you for everybody to know that La Sagrada Farms is a collective. So you mentioned having two other members. I believe yes. one of them is Premier and the yes. other one is Matias. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about how you guys operate as a collective? Uh, we are a collective that is born in the friendship because we are all from Italy. Two on three, we are from the same city. We know each other since years already. And in 2000, 2016, 2017, around those years, we started uh, washing, washing hash together here in Barcelona. Uh, before uh, me and Premier, we made some caps at the time. Washing dry material still uh, back days. And then we, we uh, Mattia moved to Barcelona and he had the idea to make this collective. Because we, I was running a club, also a cannabis club at the time. And with the club, it was complicated to build a brand uh, that can make a little bit of name in the scene. Because the, the club, it's more risky. So... Um, we had the idea to start this collaboration where we share the knowledge, we share the laboratories, we share the growing methods of the plants, so the genetics too, of course, and we share everything that is the quality control for everything that goes out in the, with, the, with, the, with the name and with, the, with our stickers. So, yes, we are more in the way that, uh, because here we don't have the 
we can grow up as a brand, as a company, as a real company. So keeping the shape of the collective is more, it's easier, more, more, more safe and more, it's, it's better. So you mentioned washing some material earlier on with Premier, some dry material. And I think you told me in our past conversation that you met him at the Outdoor Cup. So can you tell mm -hmm. us how you got from a point from meeting him to start washing that material? Yeah, yes, because I met him the first time in an Outdoor Cup where, uh, funny to say now, uh, where he entered with uh, BHO, BHO Extract Super Fire. The strain was Chich Wizard from Body Seed, if I remember right. And he was already washing a lot of dry material for commission and, to, and the, the leftovers of the flowers because at the time everybody was just growing for flowers. Nobody was just growing in, entirely to, to wash the whole plant. And the idea at the time, I was sure that we, we would uh, increase the quality uh, washing the, the whole plant and the, and, the, and the fresh material. Increasing also the price and that changing almost everything in the, in, for what the water hash was in Barcelona and, until that time. For example, if we are talking about prices, water hash was only for joint consumers uh, for a maximum 25 euro per gram at the dispensary retail, always out of dry material leftovers or there was some top quality just made for to enter the cups to enter the competitions but was crazy to think that a gram of, of water ash could reach 70 80 euro uh, retail nobody would think that in spain where the the hash has always been something cheap here the idea is that cannabis and ash flowers and and resin are always been cheap there is the Moroccan hash, there are the big outdoor grows and the big indoor, Ill illegal indoors. So here the, the cannabis should be cheap. So we start washing uh, everything, um, better material, better nugs, more selected genetics, until a lot of things changed with elite cut arriving from United States with the first elite cut that changed a lot. Because the genetic were already selected to washing live, this change changed change a lot, and also changed change a lot the arrival of the freeze dryer. Not because we were not air drying, air drying good, eh? because we we always uh, we we are dried with uh, with passion, and we didn't, and also we didn't change immediately because. Um, at the time, I, I was following a lot the the Matt Rides that made this this podcast also a couple of years ago. No, I was following him and his thoughts and experiment with the leophilization. And so at the time, I, I said, if I have to spend a lot of money, a thousand euro, to buy a machine that is not even sure that the quality of the resin stay the same. So in, in, the first, in the first period, I remember I was against the idea of buying the machine. Then after a couple of trips in, in California, found a couple of good tips that you need to know to don't fuck everything. 
So we try, we saw the, the 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 quality of the of the material. We 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 tried way more professionals were using it, uh, less fear. So with the with the freeze dried, we step up our game in 2000, 2018. Also because we we can wash and dry faster in a more uh, controlled way and everything so that changed a lot here yes that, that that changed a lot so some of the main factors that have kind of changed along with your development individually and as a collective have been the genetics have been some of the technology like the freeze dryer and also like the market catching up to a certain yes yeah the market and the, the big competition that there is here that make uh, everything more more funny you know also trying to push the limit and trying to take expensive crop and put it in the water uh, (laughs) like this you know you do it you do it because also because there is a a healthy competition uh, between inside the italian community here for example so um, there is the need here to we still we still have the need to being in a collective, you know what I mean? It's also funny to being in this scene here in Barcelona now in this moment. Yeah, definitely. This historical moment for the cannabis in Europe. It's cool to be here in Barcelona now in these 10 years. Maybe in the next five years, maybe everything can be different for sure. But until now, it's a good scene and it has a, a sense of being in a collective and. And doing cups, doing uh, sessions. You no, know, we saw the the rosin arriving. We saw the glass, uh, all the glass coming. We saw the the Europeans start uh, dabbing and and start uh, starting buying glass pieces. Uh, it's a nice atmosphere here. That's cool, man. It definitely seems like Barcelona is almost like the epicenter right now for cannabis in Europe as to where it used to feel like Amsterdam was. And uh, it's funny to see this shift. And I'm going to bring up something that you told me that you feel is a a bit controversial, but you said that you feel that there was no real cannabis culture in Europe prior to now. Uh, it's, It's complicated because the cannabis culture in, for example, Italy, no, since the since the seventies, uh, we always had a lot of cannabis in Italy, but was connected to um, strange can- counterculture. No, that was not like the hippie culture in United States, because here it was came later on, and in a different way. So, for example, here the the hippies. Uh, we're not breeding in the 80s cannabis like the hippies in California, to make an example. The hippies in Italy were going to India to smoke chillum and uh, take the best heroin in the world and, and doing this kind of, of spiritual lifestyle there. So, for example, in Italy, there is all in the center and north Italy, the, the hash scene was connected to the India, the Charas, the Moroccan hash, so really bad quality product, uh, smoke uh, 
with a lot, a lot of uh, tobacco and uh, and a lot of le- urban legends connected to the world of the hash, world of, of the uh, everything that was cannabis related was urban legend. Like to trying to understand if the gold is real or fake. This was the level of the hash cannabis. You have to understand if it's real or fake in the street. Uh, so you uh, you have to light it with the with the light. Uh, you have to see how fast they get um, hard again. The idea of what in Morocco the people do with the hash, what they mix with, uh, a lot of urban legend, and we can start now and. Uh, <laughs> crazy story, crazy things, and, and this was the cannabis world in, in in Italy and also in 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 Spain until the not even the cannabis club because to be honest, cannabis club started in 2010, but until 2018, so for eight years, I don't wanna sound uh, until the Italian community here in in Barcelona started to change. The things in 2018, maybe my English uh, colleagues, maybe they could completely don't agree with me, but there is not, not a lot to say because until 2018 in Barcelona, there was not so much about hash. About breeding, yes, but about hash, if we're talking about resin, some BHO extractors at the time, and some... Uh, hash makers, people from the old school that were going to Morocco, to India, and mixing the urban legend with a little bit of real knowledge. There were already people talking about making live hash, uh, fresh frozen. I remember when I was 18, I remember already people talking about uh, the live hash, about the fact that the charas is a live hash, so it's the be- it's the best for this reason. But then they put it under the under the gr- ground for one year to let it cure and be all m- moldy and rotten and unsmokable, <laughs> and to sm- and they wait one year to smoke it, you know. And then, when it's fresh and, na- and turpy and nice to smell and to smoke, it's too too harsh for it. In the in the urban legend, in the urban culture, you know, when it's fresh, nice and turpy, it's too fresh. After one year, when it's moldy and and all the rot and and, and bad smelling, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> These people, of course, they they have knowledge, no? In the in the nineties, in the first uh, two thousand, of course, they have knowledge, but it's mixed with this urban legend. We can't call it. A good quality product, or uh, yes, 2018, I would say, is the start of 2017, like this. When the first legend of hash here in Barcelona, the, there was a good, good product, but still nothing, no full melt, uh, no, uh, nobody was talking about the, the idea of dubbing the water hash, the idea that the water hash can be dubbed on a nail, the idea. In not not even no, nobody was dubbing here before before eighteen seventeen like this. Nobody was dubbing in, in Barcelona. Really, few few people maybe maybe nobody. I don't remember. Nobody was dubbing water hash for sure. How about now? Are people dabbing more in Europe and in Barcelona specifically? 
more in the last uh, five years, more for sure. There, there are the guys in 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 Chilean. They are doing a really good job. Chilean Glass Gallery is the most important uh, glass spot in Barcelona. They did an amazing job in the last year organizing session, bringing good glass in in in, in town. So yes, they they have a community. Uh, the 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 flame of the is the, the event of glass blowing organized by Smoking Gear here in Barcelona. This year has been amazing. A lot of uh, tenders. So there is something. It's not like United States, of course, but there are people with big collection. Uh, there are very nice pipes in Europe uh, owned uh, by European people. So there is something, yes. Do you foresee that continuing to grow? Here we, we have the big problem of the nicotine addiction that is really stopping the, the dubbing uh, movement. For example, a lot of our extract still go in spliff. A lot of people that buy the black jars of rosin or full melt or whatever, at the end, they will put it in spliff. I would say... Also, the top top quality product, uh, the super expensive ones, I would say the fifty at least fifty percent, uh, and uh, in uh, tobacco spliffs. You mentioned the chillum earlier being part of Italian culture, almost adapted from places like India. You told me last time you've been wanting to quit. You say every year that you are going to. But yes, me, ma, uh, we, me, Premier and Mattia. Every year we say the same. This is the year we we quit. We quit. Then, of course, I dub. I love dubbing. I I try to the seventy percent of the cannabis that that I uh, assume is dubbed, but there is still thirty percent that is smoked in Chile because I like the I don't I don't like the joint, but the people who who smoke uh, hash with tobacco and joint is it's it's even it's even worse than my situation because the joint the joint you can do everything you do the things you drive uh, you do take care of the garden uh, everything you have to do with the plants you can smoke while you're doing so at the end you live with the joint in your hand so you live with the tobacco close by and it's, it's an addiction that is is it's heavy it's impossible to to er eradicate it's impossible if you are not in an environment that is tobacco free because for example me and my partners i can also say i wanna i wanna stop but then they arrive in the lab in the afternoon you know and they say oh let's go let, let's smoke one what do what you have to, to, to say no? And you have to say no a lot of time every day with a, a substance like the tobacco that is super addiction. It's very difficult to say no. Also because mixed with tobacco, there is top quality ash that you want to smoke it. So there are two factors added together and you have to say no. So always stop altogether. Like for example, we are uh, very close 
between us and in the Italian uh, community, cannabis community here in Barcelona. We are friends, we, we smoke together, uh, we make sessions. We should stop all together. I hope that they will listen this podcast. <laughs> we should we should do it all together because this, this like moving in United States. If tomorrow I move to to California, I can stop. It's not easy. I can quit. Here is it's, here is impossible. Here is a war, and this is the prohibitionism. Because we grew up in in this situation, we grew up with the with small amount of cannabis and a small amount of cannabis in a hash brick or bad quality that you need to expensive expensive for what it is. And of course, compared to rosin, it's the, the, the cheapest thing in the world. But for what it is, expensive. A lot of us uh, they, they they succeed. Eh? No, a lot, no. Some friends we have here, there are some other hash makers, they succeed. But for example, Andrea, slide, slide 23, that you made the, the interview last year, he also tried to stop his trying, and he's, he was so close to stop, he almost quit for maybe one year or two years. It's difficult, it's difficult because we are always there on the edge. It's a real drug. It's a real drug. It's a big limit for Europe uh, for cannabis, the use of tobacco, for dubbing, for extract. Also, because then you need, if you want to switch and you want to use the cannabis as, as a therapeutic uh, thing to, to, to quit the addiction, okay, it's amazing. But you have to use a big amount of extract and dubbing every time because every 10 minutes, nicotine is calling. So, of course, you can make a dub. Of course, the dub works to taking out, how you call the monkey of the, of the nicotine. Of course, the, dub, the dubbing is, works, but every, every half an hour, you have to take a dub. So, this is a therapeutic consumption. It's not, you exit from the recreational and you are entering in the therapeutic side. If you use it, if you use it like this, for quit addictions. Is a therapeutic uh, use that you are doing, a pharmaceutical, almost a pharmaceutical. So you need to dub every 20 minutes, every half an hour. So we are always super stoned. It's not even easy for, for example, you go to work, you are working, you are in the office. What you do? You take a dub because you want to smoke a cigarette? Yes, of course you can do it. But you, this has, can, can have consequences on, on the work. And also can have, also if you don't do nothing, if you are, retired, this has consequences on your wallet, on your economic balance, because if, if every half an hour you have to take a dab, you smoke one gram a day. And how many people can afford this use of the cannabis exit? In Europe, the, average, the, the big smokers invest 300 euro per month in cannabis. This was the average at the, when I was working in the club, 300 euro monthly. It's not even uh, seven grams of extract. Six grams if, if you buy directly in the farm. Six grams. Uh, uh, what, you, what you do with six grams? No, it's, uh, you, you can't make this pharmaceutical uh, use, this, ther this therapeutic use. So uh, at the end, we, are, we, we have to stay addicted. For example, now that we are in the situation of, be, of working with this, 
and having a lot of material, we should use now this situation that we are lucky, that we have a lot of cannabis and we are lucky and we should use it and be free from the tobacco forever. Now I have one jar of rosin here in front of me. I should invest my money, like investing in my healthy, in buying this jar from my own production and use it as a therapeutic and try to stay six months without tobacco. But it's not in six months, it's six years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Nicotine is a hard thing to kick. So I can definitely understand that. But speaking of, uh, you down to take a smoke break? <laughs> yes. All right, cool. I want to take another opportunity to welcome our newest sponsors, including Toro Glass, a legacy glass brand that continues being on the forefront of dabbing innovation. You can visit them at toroglassgallery.com for all your high-end glass and quartz needs. Also, a warm welcome to Hashhead Outfitters, where they specialize in small batch luxury loungewear for the hash community. You can grab their debut hasher design at hashheadoutfitters.com or their Instagram at hashheadoutfitters. And finally, a shout out to Zach Brown Glass, making my favorite carb cap, which you can find on Instagram at Zach Brown Glass. Every cap is rigorously tested for perfect function all in hopes of maximizing each of your dabs. So visit him at ZachBrownGlass.com. I appreciate you listening. Now back to the episode. So let's talk a little bit about your time in Morocco. You said you spent about two seasons there. Can you tell us what you were doing out there? That is before uh, we started uh, together La Sagrada Farming in Barcelona. Uh, I spent uh, six months in Morocco, made all the seasons, I made one season, I made two seasons making traditional hash, uh, one in India and one in Morocco. And Morocco was nice because after uh, coming from the Himalaya, Morocco was way easier to do everything. The, the roads are nice, uh, the farms are big. Uh, if you need something, you just go and buy it. Whatever you need, you go and buy it. In India, you have to make everything out of out from zero. But it has been interesting in India. It was interesting to see, a, I would say for the first time, the real full melt out of a live plant. Because the charas, if you make it slowly, slowly, really slowly, taking care to eliminate every impurity like that, eh? it's really full melt. You take one day for make one gram, but can be really full melt. So it has been the the, the first uh, experience with full melt uh, live hash. And in Morocco, it was nice to wash uh, for the first time big amount because that that's the the nice thing of of Morocco that you work with the, with big amounts every time. So you have the you have like the ex, the experience of like working in a in a big company, no? Of course, nothing is easy because it's easier than in Malaya, but it's still uh, I still North Africa, so it's not like working in Canada or California. Of course, 
but it's still nice because you have to manage to to dry big amount of material you have to manage how to froze uh, big amount of material stock uh, so uh, Morocco Morocco is a nice experience but if I must be honest the the hash and the cannabis now is completely useless is is one of, is an experience that is completely useless for the future of cannabis it's useless maybe can be even not only useless but can make damage on your professional skills because you consider acceptable things that in the in the world of of the legalization shouldn't be acceptable no that that level of quality of quality shouldn't be acceptable but for a lot of people that work uh, down there is acceptable not only the quality of the resin and not we're not talking about quality of the resin quality of the selection we're talking about really quality of of the animals the insects that are on the plants and the product they are used to spread on the plant so the compromise that you that you accept to work there uh, and, and then the compromise also on what you smoke because if you stay a lot of time down there you're not smoking skit or rosy you are a consumer that is used to consume that quality so if you like the, that quality you make that so you you enter in that cycle and a lot of people i have around here in barcelona they they accept that level as as normal and they spend all their life looking 50 types of the same sheet uh, trying to find what is the, the best what's better than what and it's all uh, that resin that smell like uh, sand and uh, like when the when the weed is closed and smell like ammoniac T- terrible terrible and here are people that uh, co- consider themselves connoisseur for example experts professionals of this of this thing right? <laughs> it's unbelievable because they, they 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 accepted this compromise they accepted the compromise and now for them it's normal i guess you can get used to anything so if that's what you know then i guess that will no but 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 the rosin it's here the 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 good outdoor hash it's it's here so it's it's just a, it's just a matter of your experience, how built your personality, your consumption of cannabis and everything. And so this was I was saying, an experience like this it's not only useless but can create something, some ideas in the mind of the people that are completely out of way. Yeah, you you go out of way. Yeah, good good cannabis is one way, and you go in the other way. <laughs> is this what you were saying earlier? In a way, when you were talking about there being a lot of myths about hash and about mixing different things in and having to know, for example, back in Italy, how to tell the quality of the resin. You're saying that a lot of people are used to quality of hash that isn't very good, that is compromised by different things like the things that are being sprayed on the plants. No, but but they can accept uh, that the consumer, the normal person that is not a professional, that is not that doesn't consider himself a connoisseur, I can accept that a person out of uh, the cannabis scene uh, 
that maybe just need just smoke sometimes uh, is a uh, occasional. Uh, I can accept that the, the, they they don't have no don't know how they accept compromise and they consider accept they don't care what is sprayed on the Moroccan hash uh, or the how many mugs and molds and different kind of. Uh, uh, contaminants the the flowers from uh, Albania can have so for a street smoker for a 16 years old Italian guy that has to buy in the night in the street because has no other chance to smoke it's normal and I'm not I'm not saying nothing against but if you are a professional that spent six months in one year uh, in North Africa and all your life, 360 degrees around this. You, you see thousands of plants, you see hundreds of thousands of plants. You can't accept these compromises for me. This is why also I moved out there and I, I, I came here in Barcelona because I wanted to make uh, good quality hash. I wanted to make indoor hash and, and some outdoor hash but good quality outdoor hash. So it sounds like it was like a progression. You went from Florence to India. You told me, and you mentioned here, that one of the most important things you learned from there was the fact that the live hash was what made the charas special. And then it seems like you went to Morocco to almost, like you said, explore in a different way, more plants, being able to wash more. You were drying the material, though, before you were washing it, correct? Yeah, we made some experiment, but washing live was only at the level of the experiment. Right. Not, not doing in, 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 in quantity. Yeah, you told me one of the main problems in Morocco, for example, is inconsistent electricity. So mm. being able to do fresh frozen is something that's not very practical. No, you can make some experiments, some samples. But like in Barcelona, uh, when I was down there, uh, here, there was already people, uh, as I told you, Premier was making BHO and was making it live. So um, uh, also uh, beating dry sift, fresh frozen dry sift. Premier here was already doing this with, uh, with Sandro Confa, that is a friend. Our friend is a, is a hash maker from, from GWA, another collective. They, at the time, they were already making something with live plants here in Barcelona, but still an experiment. Also in Morocco was an experiment. No, nobody was thinking to sell. I think maybe I, th I maybe think the first live hash out of Morocco that I saw in a good amount was a Barbara Bad live live hash water hash from uh, the uh, We Extract crew. That I remember uh, was 2016 uh, or 2017 was the, the, the year of the big hype of the Barbara Great Gardener, Barbara Bad. That was, but still, we are still talking about maybe, I don't know, half kilo of hash, not nothing, you know, big, big amount. So Morocco, yes, helped me to open a little bit to understand that I need to move here. Help me in this. What makes you want to make the best hash? 
you went from one place, you realized that's not what you were looking for. You went to another place, you figured out that's not what you were looking for. But there was a drive there to do it the best you could. What is My, uh, this? I think we had uh, our three. We had different. Uh, I have different motivation. Uh, I can answer, uh, of course, only for myself. Uh, for myself, I I, I say the, the consumption, the fact that I use a lot of cannabis. I want to to use the best cannabis as possible. I don't want to pay for it. So I build uh, all this uh, structure and all this uh, <laughs> pain in the back just to, uh, all this effort just to have the amount uh, of, uh, of weed I need whenever I need. <laughs> you need to build a, a, a you need, you need to, to build a, co- a brand and a company to have jars. Uh, <laughs> Whenever, whenever you want. Yeah, I would say this. I, I, I'm here for the smoke. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, that's so funny to think about that. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times it comes down to people just want the best smoke, and so. Yes, I don't. Have, for example, for example, I yeah, for for me, I don't have. It's it's difficult that I I I smoke something. That is not made by me or by some friends or by, I mean it's difficult that I I, I smoke some, but not because I don't trust no just, I'm just saying for example Moroccan hash or the or or Cali weed the import Cali weed that it's all over the place here or also the good there is a, some Moroccan hash that sometimes arrive that is it smells nice at least you know. It could be sometimes it could be smokable, but I for my for, for my use of cannabis I don't want any compromise. But in this everyone everyone is it's different. Also because there is the economic factor in between, so it depends how you manage the if the grow goes every time good you don't have any problem everything is good uh, you arrive at the end that you harvest uh, with. You have the number you need and everything you can afford to take from your part. And for sure, if you have some problems, you, 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 one crop is not the best uh, in numbers. One crop, you have problem, you have to stop, you go, you are in late, you have to pay more bill, this and that. You can't afford to smoke the top of the top. I, I can understand because I see that a lot of people also... Uh, that work with cannabis, for example, they don't have this in their mind here around. I don't know. Yeah, uh, would be interesting to see in in United States uh, the other people who who work with hash if they consume every time top hash. If their personal stash, it's always top shelf. Or I try to to have the, the best as I can every time for my personal stash. But I see that a lot of people here around they are here for other things. They are in they are in this in this game. We like to smoke top. Yeah, I feel you, man. I that's, <laughs> if I if I did it, I probably that's what I would do it for too. But you know, I think uh, here and everywhere probably it varies. Like you said, some people might be able to keep some of that. Uh, head stash and I mean you told me yourself when we were talking about 
smoking the chillum privately, you're like, you know, I, I spend a good amount of money on my own hit stash uh, because, you know, you're you're putting rosin or some high grade stuff into that chillum as well when you're smoking it. So, yeah, it definitely is a big expense, like you said, and not everybody can either afford it or a lot that much money to cannabis. So you mentioned earlier that you owned a club before you guys joined and did it as a collective. What were some of the challenges as a club owner in Barcelona? A lot, uh, running a club in Barcelona, it, it's very difficult for me. Uh, very, it's way more uh, stressful than uh, growing plants. And at the time, uh, Mattia and Premier, they were growing. Uh, and I had the lab in the, in the club, so I was taking care of everything that was around the extraction uh, a lot, but I was not growing myself. And I was running uh, the club with a lot of stress from a lot of point of views. First of all, the law, for sure. You never know what can happen with the law. And then you, there, are the, there is the problem of the, at the time, five, five six years ago, uh, was also difficult to have always product. The menu was not, was not easy. Not like now. Now is the opposite. No, there's a lot of material unsold around, uh, like in the United States. No, a little bit. There's a lot of material unsold. But, but uh, 2015, 16, seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago, like this was difficult to get good quality products. So you have always to hustle to get a little bit of this, little bit of that, a lot of public relationship with the growers and this and that, things that I don't really like to do and was not not the reason why I came here. But the, the club was an easy access to this industry, an easy way to, to move the first steps and also to pay everything, to pay the the idea of the of the grow houses and the, the greenhouses and also, also the club had other problems that all the money you make uh, are uh, black money because it's still in the middle. So you are allowed to, you are allowed to op- to operate. You are allowed to exist as an association. You are allowed to pay yourself a salary, but nothing more than a normal salary. But and not there was all this big money, eh? To be honest, because there is a lot of competition to make money. You have to 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 work with tourists. You have to buy cheap, low quality, and sell to tourists for five times, three times the price you you bought at. This this is how the club owner in the center of of Barcelona make money. And it was completely not our case because I was working in a, I was owning a small club in the suburbs with the premier that was helping me uh, providing the flowers he was growing at the time. Mattia was helping me running the club with the, in the lab and stuff. But the funny part was it had always been La Sagrada Farm. So growing and extracting. Also, there are way more problems with the club than uh, robbery. You are illegal. You are almost still not illegal, but you are half and half. So 
people can enter with a gun, uh, steal you everything and uh, and run away. And, you, and if you call the police, uh, the police, the question, you, they, they make the question to you. Right. You are never the victim. Yeah, that's tough. So, everything this for what? To, for what? For what? For nothing. Because at the end, you can you can't push your brand with the club. You can you don't have any papers that allowed you to do something more. It's even more risky because if you have your name on the papers of the club, you can't grow because you can't put a grow in your house if you have the name in the association. So you put yourself out of the cannabis game in the moment you run a club. For what? For big money? Not at all. The opposite. Working 12 hours uh, for, and arriving at the, end, uh, at the end of the month with the money to pay the growers, to pay the, the bill and stuff, and, and a small salary. And always the risk that somebody can enter with a gun, you know, and, uh, and make you a really bad, bad day. If you have a nice, if, if somebody has the, is lucky enough to have a, a nice club in the center where can make uh, events, uh, where can organize things and they have a big group of people. Uh, like the, the clubs we work with now, no? There are a lot of nice clubs in the center. They make an amazing, an amazing job. But this is another job. It's not the job I want to do. It's not the job the Premier want to do. Not even Mattia, because we had the opportunity after to buy other clubs, uh, to join other projects with, with the cannabis club in the center. By the end, we never, we decided to keep growing and extracting the, and work with everybody. Somebody wants to, to, to do something, to run, to, to have our product on the, the dispensary. It's, be, it's, it's, it's better to be free and open and with less stress. And Do you think in part it's because all of you are more motivated by being part of the plant? and growing it and making the hatch from it and smoking it versus that sounds more like like the business side of it but it's not because of the, the business is also nice uh, it's also nice the business it's not that uh, I, I wanna i wanna look like the 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 holy no no it's also nice the business but uh, but it's it, it depends what kind of business i want to make the business with the, with the cannabis I want to to feed my family with the cannabis. I don't want to feed my family organizing a PlayStation tournament uh, the Sunday evening, you know? Yeah. And also because there are a lot of people in this world that they can't wait to do that job. Organizing events, staying on with the public. There are a lot of people who really love doing that. And, and they can do it for, uh, so if, this, if the people are uh, good for that, they like it, they can accept the risk because they love it. Look, I love, I love weed and I love uh, the people. I love to stay in the middle of the people, talk, explain, explain to people, making a culture, sharing uh, about the cannabis, about the plant. 
if somebody, and I want to take the risk of being robbed, I want to take the risk of having a small salary, uh, and, and being always out of law, because I love it. Perfect. But this, I, I take the same risk, but to stay with the jars of Skittle Rosin. <laughs> right. You know, not because I don't love the people, but because I, I, I choose these. You know? <laughs> That's funny. So speaking of the Skittles, let's switch gears a little bit. What are some of the strains that you guys are running currently? Our genetic uh, at the moment, we are in a period of a uh, little bit of change. Also because some years passed. So we decided to keep only what was really worth from all these, the genetic we had in the past. So now we run uh, the, the Skittle, we run the Gusher, we run the, from the new, new lines, so we, we run the Rainbow Belt that has been selected in Italy by, by a close friend of mine. Uh, of us, Uncle Jack. He's, he's from the city of me and Mattia. He's a super nice guy that grows for passion in Italy, select for passion. He is all, always open to share and he shared with us this rainbow belt uh, last year that is an amazing, amazing plant. Uh, crazy smell, uh, gassy. So yeah, the rainbow belt, the gusher, we have the lemon shocker yuzu selected by a friend of us here in Barcelona a couple of years ago with uh, super strong lemony herbs Ozi Kush uh, crossed with lemon tree if I remember good uh, yes this is these are the the main the main we have the sherbet the origin the um, key lime pie yes from some some years ago Yes, these are, are the best. Then we have other things that we sometimes we we like to to have it to because they they are in completely different uh, world of herbs. Like the melon yellow from Diamond Bridge Seeds is a super nice uh, cut we have. And this stays on the banana herbs, I would say, cover the range of the banana herbs, but it's not one of the best banana ever. We are we have to. To admit it, I don't. I'm not a big fan. People love it. People love it. So we are still running. We're still making it because people really love it. But I'm not. I, I'm not the, the greatest fan of, of, of that plant. So I don't know if we are going to to making in the in the in the, fu- in the future. I would like to have new banana shades of turps. New maybe in in the future we will make new selection on, on that side. And then we have other plants that sometimes we do, sometimes not, but these are the, the, the main the main player in our uh, yeah uh, also the ice cream the ice cream bean from uh, always Diamb- from Diambreed uh, from Diambreed is the there is OG at the lap across uh, Sunset Sherbet. It's a strong OG this floral OG like in the South California 10 years ago. How many of these are your selections? The, this one, the OG at Lab Cross, Sher- Cross Sherbert. Yeah, the, the, la- the last one I told you is our selection. The Skittle is the original cut, but we are not so focused in seed selection because here it's difficult to make the seed selection. 
So I uh, now we are doing, we are start. We always made seed selection, but if I found a cut around that is better, our idea is to 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 run the the best as we find around. If it's selected by a friend of us, also because he, it's 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 amazing to make seed selection, but here it's very difficult for the space. It's difficult to to open forty, uh, fifty seats in one time. You always make this seat selection of out of ten seats, uh, and you never really have nothing crazy. So at the end, you have to run plants that you not really like, uh, or that there are plants that are a compromise with the yield, or maybe a compromise with the, there is not the turf that you really want it. Or the resin is a little bit too waxy and the full melt, you know. So you always have this compromise. So if I find a, a clone, a plant around that I like, it's selected by a friend, maybe I, I trade another plant or the guy is willing to share. I don't see why. Don't. Of course, making seed selection, we always make, we always have a selection going on. Or, or me, or Premier, or Mattia. Some of us uh, has always a seed selection going on, but it's very difficult. We we have something back. The Barbara Bad that won uh, all the cups, 2018-19 and here in Barcelona was selected by Premier. So sometimes we 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 had something nice, but the the Barbara Bad didn't resist. the 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 time the time passed and 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 the plant is. We didn't keep them. You know what I mean. So it's not it's not eternal. It's not like the skittle. In twenty years, the original skittles will will be here still. That's an interesting thing that we talked about before starting the recording. Is I was mentioning the dosi dough. I think is one of the cuts that you guys mm-hmm. still hold. And I was just telling you, it's funny how a lot of times those cuts, even from where they're from. People don't really run them anymore, even if they have them. Mm-hmm. And you were saying how it's interesting how in Spain, you guys will keep some of these things that, you know, maybe go out of fashion here, for example, in North America, and then you guys still have them. But then there is this cyclical nature to things where they can come back around, especially mm-hmm. because they were already good once, if you want to say that. I uh, know yeah, with, the, with the genetics, uh, with the genetics, we already saw these. We already saw this. Uh, we were talking before about the cheese, no? Cheese, the, the, that kind of skunk turps that now are super hype in North, North America. All these uh, papaya kind of uh, skunky turps. And here in Europe, uh, 15 years ago, people were carrying uh, crazy skunk, smell stinky, impossible to export because super, super stinky. That if you have two joints in the in the in the pocket, this um, super super stinky flower, and not, and now nobody 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 kept the clones in these fifteen years. Really few people, uh, maybe some nerd hidden in some private grow somewhere in North Europe uh, without Instagram, you know. Maybe somebody kept some nice, some nice clone. But all the all the famous, all the famous seed bank, uh, they 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 never they 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 never understood this, you know, uh, that they should keep the 
the plant that they will resist at the time. Skittle for sure will resist, uh, like the OG Kush, uh, like the do the dosi, the dosi, the dosi here. Uh, we were saying before we are still running it sometimes, and there are still people who have it because we never had really good uh, OG Kush here around. So we have this the the the, the phenotype we have or the dosi is super super gassy super nice on the gassy turps. We, we never had a lot of OGs and stuff like this around, so we, we, keep, we keep it. We keep it, uh, we kept it, and we, we still keep it. 100% uh, a farm like our in the United States would never kept it in, the, in, this, in this year. Right, that makes sense. Well, cool, man. I think this is a good opportunity for another smoke break. You done? Yes. I want to take a moment to give a shout out to everyone who makes up our community on Patreon for allowing us to produce episode 47 with Arturo of La Sagrada Farms and to give a special shout out to some of our top contributors, including Turp Wizard, Kevin of Lifted Indina, the crew at Heritage Hashco Mendocino, Milwaukee J, Jonah in Illinois, Garland in DC, David of Rosin Evolution, the homie The Real Cannabis Chris, Solventless AF, The Chile Relleno Burrito, Nick the Intern, Macro Melts in SoCal, and the homie Big C. I thank each and every one of you. And now back to the episode. So because of the situation in Spain, you said that one of the positives of not being able to have a large count of plants is you're able to give all your focus and energy to a relatively small number of plants, which you feel allows you to produce the best quality resin. Yes, I, I think we all agree on the fact that if we grow the cannabis on a smaller scale, it's better for, for the quality control to, to keep the situation under control. So in, here in, in, in Spain, what we do is having multiple small situations. Everyone uh, has somebody who take care of this small situation uh, and only on, on that one, on that site, on that spot. So for example, instead of having um, a room of 50 or 100 lights, we have um, 10 or 15 maximum uh, lights per, per spot with somebody who take care every day for those lights. For sure, this helps help compensate a lot when we talk about uh, quality with, uh, with the big uh, brand of the recreational market from California when we see a lot of extra coming from, from Pencil over there. When I, I think for the, for the, um, for the possibilities we have, uh, for the investments we have, for the for the for the structure we have behind, uh, these things of running small grows uh, helps a lot in, in in reducing the gap. And this is also what happens in the, in United States still in the black market or backdoor market as we want to call it, and in the uh, handcrafted uh, hash. In California, making handcrafted a small batch hash is a, is a choice. 
uh, here is a necessity. So we, we made uh, from a necessity, from a need. So the need is to keep the operation small for legal, of course, because it's, it's, it's easier to, to, to hide. We made uh, out of a need, we made, a, a, I don't know how to say, uh, an attitude of producing in small, in small batches. So we make, uh, for example, between me, Premier and Mattia, we make maybe 60 crops per year because we, we harvest five lights, 10 lights, then another 10 lights, then another five lights, then another 15 lights. So we make a lot of, and this helps a lot also in understanding the resin, no? Because we see a lot of crops, so we can change a lot of times uh, the, the little bit of this in the soil. Uh, the, 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 we can make some, a lot of small adjustments. Because one thing is, is if you have 100 lights and you make five crops per year, Another thing, if you make 60 crop per year, so we have LED uh, rooms, we have uh, HPS rooms, we have 1000 baht HPS rooms, we have 600 baht LED room. So we have a lot, we can make a lot of different uh, setups, uh, trying different things. Uh, I, so I would say the, this aspect of our way of growing, uh, yes, definitely. Um, Made something good out of a out, out of a necessity, because we have a lot of we can compare a lot of different resin. First of all, make our job super funny, because every week we wash a different room. Maybe this soil was more uh, charged in nitrogen, and we see how the resin react. Then in two months we have the three lights room where we can change because it's small, so we can make more experiment because we are not going to to lose. Uh, so yes, first of all, make the, make the job way more funny, and and and, and second, we have a, we can compare a lot of different resins, a lot of different uh, strain, uh, and and the quality of the resin is important. Trying to under, because we we miss. In our industry, we miss all the science behind. And when I talk about our industry, I strictly talk about the hash production, resin production, not growing the plants. There are thousands of studies, but we have all the science from the, the normal agriculture. But if we're talking about what brings your plant to make good quality resin, we still don't know. We still don't have uh, rules to follow. We, we don't have the, the... So with a lot of small rooms, uh, we can make, we can, can compare a lot of, uh, on the same genetic, uh, we, we can change all these small, small, because we are talking about really small param parameters that every time we make the full melt different. This is also important, no? It's making the full melt. We always, we focus a lot on our brand on the full melt so on the, the 90 micron first wash because it's there where you see everything where you see how you grew the plant how the metabolism of the plant affected the quality of the resin the wax content but we don't have the studies 
We don't have lab that can make the analytics of the waxes content in the resin. We don't, we don't have all this. So what we can do, we can, we, the only thing we can do is make a lot of crops, a lot of harvest, uh, harvesting a lot of time and comparing a lot of resin, different, different resins. So yeah, def with the, and this helps, helps uh, a lot our know-how, our experience in the last two, three years, three years, I would say. Also with the COVID, we, 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 we focused a lot in, in building more grow rooms. So now this big amount of crops that we make really give us, it's very difficult eh? because I'm not saying that this gave us any uh, truth. We don't have anything in our hands like a, a, a scientific paper. So I'm not saying that this gave us something solid in our hand because we are still uh, going blind in the dark in this job. But at least uh, we, 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 we know that, for example, if you overfeed the plants, uh, you, the, the quality of the resin decrease, uh, are small, small things, uh, but we, we now saw it in first person. No? Maybe in the next years we will have some, some, something scientific is already coming. Some, uh, we are happy that we have this, this thing of the lot of small operations. So like you said, you feel like this perpetual harvest and washing and being able to change parameters and see the results of parameters and in the end, really honestly, smoke a lot of this stuff, obviously, too, is you're able to accelerate your knowledge and being able to kind of dial in these particular genetics better, quicker. Exactly. Exactly. Every genetics, uh, every genetics uh, makes uh, the the genet the selection the plant makes the seventy percent. Let's say, the, yes, the selection make makes a lot. Let's say, um, okay, yes, seventy percent is good. But then, so the GMO, for example, the super famous GMO cut that everybody that wash uh, for hash uh, uh, run that plant if you grow it if you grow a healthy plant and you arrive at the end with an healthy plant uh, we can say it's easy to to bet that you will have a good full melt but there is still a, a percentage that you can deal with this this 30 percent that can all ruin little bit the re resin of a nice plant of the like a gmo but from the other side you can take a genetic that is not the best washing genetic the best full melt maker like the skittle cut but with the time with the time with the time improving 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 you can arrive to to, to making out of a plant that that his that her destiny is not in the hash let's say like this uh, a plant that can make a, a, a good a good work that can that make a full melt six star completely dubbable that leave uh, no residue on the banger uh, a rosin that win all the cap uh, nice in color uh, with a, a strong nose and the taste after that is the same of, of the nose so uh, with the cultivation uh, you can 
know how to lock the tech on a good genetic, bringing the 70% to 100% of good results every time with the GMO, or bringing a, a genetic like Skittles, doing good results. Because, for example, we sometimes we washed also more than 5% with the Skittles, the original cut. The, sometimes we wash three, two and a half percent. So why? Why? Sometimes you wash three and sometimes you wash uh, five when the plant in both cases look healthy and almost you feed you feed always organics maybe something changed but still in the same world of of feeding so why can change so much so this uh, this is something that we 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 try and try and try and try and try and try and try to to understand something but it's it's really difficult to to, to, to understand what is it's behind without lab tests, without research, without very difficult. So on the note of percentages, you told me last time you've heard companies, for example, like 710 Labs talk about how they can keep a 2% or 3% or possibly. In your case, you said that's not possible. Also... Uh, I think we have a little bit different way of um, count the percentages. I can say because uh, they are three percent. I think they consider the three uh, percent of what goes into rosin that is sellable for sure in the dispensary. For sure, then they maybe have another uh, one and a half percent uh, of material that goes into uh, I don't know maybe edibles. Uh, or something like this, and I don't think they they consider they consider this in the in their percentage. So you're saying that the percentage you believe people are talking about is basically their grade A rosin or full melt in this case. Yeah, I always see that the numbers in Europe are higher than the numbers in United States. In the when we talk about big company, for what I noticed, but maybe I'm wrong. This difference, this gap between between percentage in yield in Europe and in the United States, it's a little bit even more. Because I believe that the big company, in the, what for them is, is useful to consider it, is, the, is what goes into rosin. For us, it's more important. For us, we, we consider everything, you know, also the, the B grade and the C grade. At the end, we so we. I think we just take a different range uh, of of perspective from here and there, and big companies and small companies. So, can you tell us what your perspective is, or how you see it, and what works for you guys? For us, uh, if we need to, uh, here the uh, the market doesn't. Uh, also in the United States, for what I saw, uh, looks like the market don't care a lot if the plant yield yet less. The price must be that one. But a, a company like 710 Lab, for example, they can make different qualities. So they make the Percy, for example, and they can push the price more. So you know that you are buying something that yield uh, low and blah, blah, blah. So you pay more for this. 
because there is a ma- because they have a communication power where they can explain this to their customer and, and blah blah blah. Here, uh, where the market is different and everything is different, the culture is different. Uh, you don't have uh, this price range that you can play where you say, "I have this that wash two percent, but I want to keep it. I will charge." Uh, 15 euro more on top. Uh, nobody, nobody care if you if they yield two uh, percent. This is it's the customer say this is your problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also because th- there is not this unique genetic unique strain that that you can afford to lose uh, this much money. So we f- for us uh, we need to to uh, we we can't keep a genetic that wash two percent. Would be impossible also because this this thing of having a lot of small facility it's a big cost you know you have uh, every every place needs somebody who takes care and lives with the plant every, every day so this has a cost and also the place you have to build every time you have to rent a new place so it's it's a different it's completely a different perspective. <laughs> It's it's normal that it's like this, you know. We are talking about big companies for sure. They look at uh, the numbers in a different way than than us. For sure, and even here, you know, there's a lot of people that that all they have is a small scale, and they look at it different than a, a company running an operation. So, but it's super interesting to hear your perspective over there. And just to make sure that I'm getting this right, when you talk about a percentage, for example, the skittles hitting from uh, three to five, I believe you said that is your total yield, like all, all your yes, hash. yes, all the hash that is washed out of that uh, batch, right? Yeah, you I don't see why I shouldn't calculate uh, something. I mean, if you calculate the total amount of the flowers you put in the bucket, it's normal that you calculate the total amount. Of produce they do take out of the bucket, and we do we do like like all the all the washes and and microns. Do you always put out full milk? Yes, I uh, La Sagrada Farm uh, born focused on the melt and on the hash, and we make the rosin with the what is not. No, we make the full melt with the 90 first wash. And if it plants is not enough, is, is not good enough to make a perfect full melt, we don't keep it. So the most important thing is to have a six star, amazing 90 first wash. If, if the genetic do, uh, do this, then we can see the percentage or the yield and all the other parameters. So that's one of the, if not the most important parameter to keeping genetics for you. Yeah, yes. And then we put, uh, for example, the 70 from the 70 to the 90 micron. This we put in, in a rosin or the, the 90 micron, the second wash that is still super top, high grade uh, hash. No, you don't even notice the difference sometimes with the first pool. This we put in the in the in rosin. So uh, we have the full melt that is the, the top quality that comes out uh, our farms. 
And then after the full melt, uh, there is the first quality rosin, uh, but it's still, uh, it's still something that is a second quality, of course, compared to the... Sometimes we also take the full melt, we press and we make some super top rosin uh, for, because it, it's nice also. And we always have some 90 micron first wash rosin. So full melt pressed in rosin. Sometimes it's more for, it's more to do it than because the melt need to be pressed. The melt doesn't need to be pressed in rosin. If we press in rosin and if we make the rosin of the 90, of the full melt of the 90 first wash, it's just because we, we want to do it. You know, just just to do it, to have it, to have some, to, to show to, to some friends, uh, to smoke it ourselves sometimes, to have variety, to see how it comes out, to see the difference with the other rosin, with the second quality, with the third quality. But we don't press the melt because the melt needs to be pressed, because it's not enough melty. You know, you, you know what? I, I don't know if I, if I expressed it. You have. Uh, I guess I feel like it's just another way to experiment. You know, like you're saying about doing all these runs. Well, this is kind of just an experimentation of the resin once you have it in its, you know, kind of final form and just seeing what that six star looks like in rosin. And I'm curious, I know you guys have won a lot of stuff in the past couple of years. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, the competitions in Barcelona. And I think even the UK have kind of started popping up and, uh, I'm curious, do you ever press the 90U melt specifically for competition or what are you entering? Of course, if, if there is a cup and we decide to enter in the rosin category, uh, at that point we press the full melt into rosin. But a lot of times, for example, we participated in cup also with good quality entries and we got uh, good, really good good results with the, the rosin that we... our. Uh, first quality rosin that is the rosin without the full melt so the the, the rosin that we sell to dispensaries or to to people so so with the normal dispensary uh, second grade uh, rosin also we entered the cup and we, for example last year we had the, we decided the last minute to enter a cup with the, with this new rainbow belt we had, uh, and we didn't press the 92 melt into rosin because we we was was already was we ran already out. We had some grams left of the normal uh, rosin, so that is the 70 micron, and the, as I said before, is the first wash 70 micron and the uh, 90 second wash, and we entered with this and super fire. We are still talking about uh, melt hash, full melt hash. There is not this big, big difference every time uh, in the in the ninety second pressed uh, and the seventy first, and with or without you know the ninety first inside. Maybe in a, maybe in a cup in United States uh, would be more scary to to gamble uh, entering with a rosin that, that doesn't have the ninety. That, that doesn't have the melt inside it would be more scary of course the competitors are more more angry 
<laughs> uh, what do you mean by that? Do you think just like the level of competition would be higher? Yeah, yes, of course. Level of competition. So, may, as I said before, also if there is not this big difference, uh, I, you know, I would, I would enter with, a, I would press a 92 first wash only, pure only this to enter in a cab. I, I, I wouldn't enter with a, I, 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 I wouldn't waste my money, you know, to enter with some, with a, something that I have uh, to sell, you know. But maybe just because I'm, it's more, uh, it's more scary. But at the at the end, there is not always this big big difference in the in the rows, in with or without the ninety. Of course, uh, for me, a serious single source hash company needs to have the ninety who first wash keep aside as melt to show the people the real quality of the resin. Then if somebody will say, no, look, I only smoke rosin uh, out of 92 first wash. Okay, I don't ha always have it. Um, Premier and Mattia, they don't always have it. So maybe sometimes we can have it, but not, not always. But we always have the melt. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> it, you know, it just depends who you talk to. But uh, a lot of people, I think, do feel where you know, at least, at least show the melt and, and see what the melt looks like. And then you can turn it into, into rosin if you like. But I'm curious, why is it specifically the 90U bag? Is it, is that across like all their varieties? Is there any time that that shifts to being like the 120 looks a little better or is it always the 90? Because from 90 to 150 is the range that also you can go and take the full melt on the 70 course but not all the genetics are the same on the 70 so now talking between me and you i say that the 90 is the bag that every time you every time from from 90 to uh, 149 as we as we take if the genetic makes the melt there is the best there you have the best melt so in the case where you're saying this 90 you melt, you're not pulling the 120 bag. You go from 150 to 90? Yes. Yes. The, one the 120 is inside the 90. Right. So it's yeah, 90 it's, to 149. It's, yes. 90 to 149. Okay. Yeah, 90, 90, 91, 90, <laughs> 91 to 149. Yeah, that's funny. It's always these uh, small technicalities, but yes, that's... That's funny. I so, of course, of in the rosin, in the rosin, there is the the 70, 79, you know, eight, 89 microns, 89 microns are, are in the rosin. You know, there is not this big difference between a micron that is 92 and a micron that is 88 or 89. You know, there's not this big difference. So if you make it, the difference starts... Uh, with some genetics when you go closer to 70. So if you take a melt on the 70s, you see the difference with the melt on the 90, from my point of view. Right. Not every time, not with every genetic, but can, can be that there is a difference already between 70 and 90. But the majority of the full melt around are on the 90 or on the 120. If somebody yeah. wants to to take it on the 120, but on the 70 is lower quality. 
What are your typical batch sizes since you guys are going through so many cycles of washing? We wash in a hundred uh, liter uh, bucket that now in a gallon, I don't know. And we wash uh, three kilos uh, per, per time uh, with, with two buckets at a time. We wash uh, in small amount, but every day, yes, four buckets, uh, usually four buckets a day. It's what I do uh, in my lab and Premier in his lab because we have two labs. Uh, where we, one is it's managed uh, by me and one is managed by Premier. And the one he has, uh, he has a stainless steel, uh, big stainless steel bucket where you can wash uh, the same amount I wash in a smaller bucket. In, in my lab, he wash uh, all together. So this depends, depends on, now, I, I, now also in, in this other one, we would like to, to switch uh, full stainless steel. I mean, it's not, it's here in Europe, it's very difficult to get uh, this kind of, um, of machines, like all the, the brutless um, or the, all the, this icon or this amazing machine that we see every day on Instagram, but we, for us here is impossible to have them. So, or you do your own in stainless steel with the, the you find the manufacturer, manufacturer that makes the things for you out of nothing. To 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 import these big machines from the United States is impossible. You you would end you would end up spending double of the original cost of the machine. Yeah, that makes sense. That's difficult, and yeah, and you guys are washing a good amount. It seems like almost every day, so it probably would help you increase production. But at some point, I don't know that you would really need to continue increasing because it sounds like you kind of have reached a max level for the market right now. Is what you were telling me last time? Yes, the 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 market for extract in Europe is still super small compared to the market that the Moroccan hash has or the. the commercial flowers. There is no need for more browsing around. There is the need to, to focus more on what we do and, uh, and trying to do it uh, with every time with less risk uh, and focus on other, uh, other things. So focus on the quality, new genetic, uh, staying always up, updated. Uh, what what is going on with the genetics and with with the culture? What is changing in the, the scene? But then we don't need to to grow more in this moment. But I don't think there is the need to grow more in any place in any of the places where it's uh, authorized. It's, it's legal. Also in also in California, I don't think there is the need to to grow more for for nobody. I don't know if there is a company. Also, an individual hash maker who needs to grow more to make more product now. Also, the best of the best, uh, they they have to ship uh, overseas. If the best of the best, they have to ship uh, here. I believe that is uh, it's oversaturated. Here, here is still not oversaturated, but because we, there are not a lot of people who who 
who wash the the whole crop because he's still is he's, he's still gambling. But yes, there is no need no no need to it's not it's not oversaturated, but there is not the, the need to make more. It starts to be risky. It's not like before, no. Before, if you have uh, more, uh, you would sell more. More more you had like the more you have, more you sell, no. Now I could not, this this period is finished also over here. For right. the for the but also for the Moroccan hash, eh, for example, also the Moroccan hash is super super smoked in Europe. If you see the official numbers from the uh, Europe uh, community, the the numbers of the amount of hash smoked in Europe daily, it's crazy. And but this is still uh, we are still talking about a saturated market. <laughs> there are still like. Uh, to to two thousand to two thousand kilos of hash smoked in in Europe every day. <laughs> if I remo- if I remember if I now begin because now I don't know how to I don't know that the translation of the of the term. But if I remember good, it's something it's something like this to like two thousand kilos uh, uh, every day of hash. It's like three thousand kilos and more of the in total, and more of the half is Moroccan hash every day. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a, but it's and it's still saturated. So every I believe that every phrase where uh, there are people growing weed now, there is they they don't have the need to make more. From Morocco to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, Arturo, I appreciate you hanging out with me this long. I'll start winding it down, start asking you some questions kind of all over the place. You mentioned to me last time that you have been dealing with the hop latent virus and you've had success in being able to get your genetics to still perform well. Can you tell us how you've been dealing with that? Uh, yes, this this thing of the virus, uh, now it, it's becoming a big thing also over here. People were still super skeptic until not long, until one year one year ago. People were were, were not believing <laughs> in this thing, but we we found it. We we found it in our grow already during the COVID, before the COVID, 2019, before the COVID. Yes, and uh, so we start to deal already. Three three years ago, and now with uh, with a lot of care for the plants, uh, we're not not stressing the plant, not not overfeeding the plants, uh, always taking new cuts, not letting the not doing uh, big old mothers, uh, always cutting new plants, and with a, a nice organic uh, environment, uh, not 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 with the plant always uh, on the limit. Uh, we now have good uh, good results. Uh, for example, so the skittle that we know that this cat arrived here uh, already sick, uh, already infected, like the gorilla glue. Also, we arrived here already infected. Now we have good uh, rooting uh, rates. Of course, it's not a fast plant. Uh, it's not a, pr- a productive plant, but make nice, really nice flowers, 
the structure of the plant is nice, it's not all uh, weak uh, uh, like the, the sick plants. So after a couple of years uh, of making always clone from the better and more healthy plants, so just selecting the, the healthy clones every time, now we, we, we grow it quite easily. And if we take a clone from, from outside, so that is for sure uh, infected, because nowadays we have to, to know this, that every plant potentially is infected, so is infected. If it's infected, we, we always uh, make clones from the low branches. We select the more healthy individuals, and, and we keep going, because it's, here it's... Uh, it, because it's, it's impossible here, it's, it's very difficult to test. The labs are not updated to the new variants. So the, 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 the tests you can make are always not, not safe, not, not trusted, the results you have. So or, or somebody kills all the plant and start again, or you have to deal with it and, uh, and manage the situation. Maybe in the future we will kill everything and start again. I don't know. But now we don't have the need because the plants are working very good, are performing very good. We don't have problems. So I don't, now I don't, I don't see the reason why I should kill everything. Also because we don't have any, all, the, all this meristem culture, all this, uh, all this uh, attack of, the t of tissue culture. They take a lot of time. Uh, you have to spend a lot of money and, 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 and you need the years to have the, the plants back clean and you don't know how this treatment, how can affect and change uh, your, the, the plant you have back. So yeah, it's, it's still a bet also. The, the tissue culture is not, it's not, it's not something uh, sure that you solve the problem and you have the plant back safe as before. You have to, to wait, to spend money and spend time, and maybe then you have a plant that, that is not even the one you remember. So with a good uh, organic uh, agriculture, without pushing the plant, without always wanting to push the plant on the limit, uh, the plants are, are super healthy. So yes, maybe you have sometime one that, that still shows it uh, in the middle, but you just eliminate this. And if you took some clone from that one, eliminate the clone that you took from that one, and you keep going with the healthy ones. What is one of the main signs? For example, you mentioned if you see one that has it coming like in the middle, what, what are the signs that you would say like, okay, we got to get rid of this plant? The sick individuals, they, it's very easy. To, to recognize them now, because after all this time dealing with it and having it in the rooms and in the grow, we, we immediately we immediately recognize uh, the branches. You know, they they lose the. This I don't know the, the terms in in English. I, I I miss I miss some words. The the fact that the branches uh, don't go anymore on, on to the up, but they go. So they go sideways instead of going sideways, exactly. And 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 the stem is really thin, and the the plant the plant that doesn't look healthy. But you 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 see before if the rooting rates if you lose a lot of cuts 
during the propagation of the of the, of the roots uh, if you if the if you have to wait 10 20 days uh, 25 days to see the plant start rooting this means that the charge uh, the charge of the virus is is high in the in the cuts in the cut uh, you took you are already dealing with problems but for example we received uh, recently a, a cut from some friends that was sick when we received was the, or the only clone we had was clearly infected and after a couple of run uh, with organic environment uh, taking clones fresh clones every time uh, from the for sure the first time you have to take clone from what you from what you have but every branch has a different charge of the virus so not all the branches then express the same things after so maybe you took one one cut from one branch that was quite healthy and from that you take other cuts and then the more and then the more healthy and this doing like this with this is like a breeding selection no <laughs> but not made on breeding factors but on the on the healthy factors and, uh, and you go back to having a healthy plant Interesting. Yeah, I found it fascinating that you were able to bring these back and that they're all doing well enough. And like you said, you know, they they still have it to some degree, but it's just a such a low, low levels that it's not really interfering with the quality of how these plants. But, but, but again, if you make five harvests in one in one year, it's difficult to solve this problem. But if you do 60, 50, 60 harvests like us, you always have a lot of rooms going on in the same time. Right. So uh, you can you can uh, take clones every time and, and pushing the the virus charge lower faster because you can always take uh, new cuts and making a new round from that round the new cuts new round. So from fifty plants, uh, you can take uh, five hundred clones uh, to split uh, in a lot of different rooms, uh, small rooms, uh, and, and you select from these uh, the more the more healthy ones, and you immediately put these cuts uh, rooting and going on again, starting again. So and you do another selection again, so you can fast load the. Uh, the virus charge. Of course, if you have a hundred lights, hydroponic, uh, and you make five uh, hard five crops in one year, it's impossible for you to load the charge of the virus. It is 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 impossible. Is is impossible. Or, or or very difficult. Or very difficult. Or very difficult because your plants are, are always on the limit. So. For sure, the big companies with they they have a lot of problem with the with this virus more than us. I would I would say. Yeah. Again, another interesting result of your system, and your system is a result of other things like the laws and how things are structured. So it's pretty interesting to see how it all affects each other. Well, cool, man. I think this is a good opportunity for another smoke break. You done? Yes. 
Shout out to our homies and sponsors, Rosin Evolution, who you can visit at rosinevolution.com or on Instagram at rosinevolution100. We start another year here at the podcast in large part thanks to our partners at Rosin Evolution. Their support has been instrumental in keeping the podcast rolling. They're also big supporters of our live events, such as Coffee and Donuts with Adam in Denver on February 11th and 12th where they'll be providing everyone a dab tool to complement our hash tastings, as well as giving us plenty of gear to give away at Coffee and Donuts. We appreciate them always supporting us and the community. If you wash hash or make rosin, hit up rosinevolution.com for all your filtration needs and save 5% on your entire order while supporting the podcast by using our savings code, the letters THI, the number 710, that's THI710, at checkout saves you 5% at rosinevolution.com, the most trusted bags in hash. I appreciate you listening and now back to the episode. You mentioned to me earlier about having this influence from some of the older Italian hippies, you call them, and having charas be the thing looked at as the highest quality hash in the world. I think you told me if you asked me when I was 14 or 15 years old, I would tell you that the best hash came from India. Later, you brought up the fact that a lot of the knowledge has been kind of mixed in with maybe some myth, if you want to call it that. Do you feel like this way of making hash currently is just a new way to go about making hash? Or do you feel like this is almost like a new, different type of product? It's a completely different kind of, is everything, everything different. For me, it's everything. It's completely another um, way. It's another drug. It's another substance. So yes, it's another drug because the effect that you get, it's different. Uh, it's everything different. Uh, here with the extract, we want to give the people the experience of the plant alive. You know, uh, this is why we do all this. This is why the people bitch about the freeze drying and all the manipulation because you want to give the experience. Now, more, more close as possible to the uh, plant alive in a jar. Uh, if you think that in, in, in India, all the charsi that were making charas, they were doing the live hash and then letting cure under the ground for one year means that they don't have this, this, this end. Their goal, uh, they don't, they they don't care about the the, the live plant. They is not is not a choice that they study and they decide that the the plant live has fifty percent more turps, uh, and so we want to have it fresh and we want to have it frozen because we have more turps. And uh, no, it's just where it's were more easy to do it was more easy to do it, to operate with a plant fresh because you don't have to dry it where you put it to dry and starts to rain. So it was more easy to do it and, and, and they were doing like this. So it's completely different. It's another product. Also the feeling is different because the, the, that, that culture is not smoking to have real, real psychoactive effect. Charas is high content in CBD, for example. 
Moroccan hash, if we talk about land raised plant, so until, let's say, until 2005, when the Pakistani plants arrive in the Rif, Rif Valley, in the, in the, in the, in also in the Morocco mountains, they were growing the land race. It is a plant that is rich in CBD, the Moroccan land race. And the Himalayan in India, the charas, all the charas rich in CBD. Uh, some test made years ago by some Italian guy was showing 36% uh, CBD, 10% THC in a high quality char, high high quality char. So, so they were not doing that for, to have a psychoactive effect. In California, they have all the tradition, you know, also with mushrooms and LSD and cannabis. It's the same thing, you know, it's the same word. It's the same, the, the psychedelic art, the psychedelic movement, you know, the psychedelic culture is something strong and the cannabis, it's there, you know, like is in the, is in the culture, you know, for the music, because it's a strong psychoactive effect, psychedelic effect, no? Because it's another kind of cannabis. It's not smoked with a lot of tobacco like we do. Also the big fat joint, no? The big fat American joint. Because in the American tradition of, of cannabis, there's a lot of focus on the psychedelic side of the, of the thing. In the Indian, Moroccan, uh, no. Just think that in Morocco, if you go now there, all the, the old men, uh, the old farmers, all the locals, the Moroccans, they don't smoke nothing, the new genetics. They are, are too strong for them. They, is, they go and they look for the, the worst land race, and, and the locals, they still smoke the worst of the worst, the land race that don't give any effect. They don't want the effect. They just, they want this feeling that is that you have with the CBD and with the, with the outdoor low, low potency plants. So it's completely another world. The American side of cannabis is yeah, that totally makes sense, man. And it's quite an interesting perspective that I don't get to hear often. So that was pretty, pretty cool for me to hear also. And a point that comes to mind when you talk about that is I was talking to you last time about how hash used to come over here. And now there's a lot of domestic production of this maybe, you know, different or newer kind of hash. But you also mentioned to me that you feel like there's a lot of romanticizing hash for example, having seen a lot of it and still seeing a lot of it being in Spain, probably that a lot of the hash coming out of places like Morocco isn't necessarily very high quality. It's really low quality. And yes, there is a, a lot, there is a lot, a lot of people uh, that they consider themselves, as I was saying at the start of the interview, connoisseur here in Spain, uh, just smoking low quality dead resin uh, or, or moldy, all moldy charas. And, and I have friends that I have a good consideration of them, but they, they, they still spend one hour trying to understand 
which one between two brick of carbon it's better than the other one you know for me it's, it's strange but this is because we have inside uh, it's our uh, youth is our childhood also because we start smoking all very young so it, it's part of ourselves, uh, and, and we a lot of us uh, we miss the the, the the judgment capacity when we are talking about this. I have a lot of friends, they have a great, amazing experience, an amazing know-how, they can understand the resin, the plants and everything. And then and they, 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 they smoke charas, old moldy charas, and they say, ah, wow. And I, and I don't understand, I don't... <laughs> I, I, I fight I fight this uh, I fight this I fight I fight this with my with my partners because we were in this because we were in this because Mattia for example he's in the in the Goa he likes the psytrance uh, he he makes visual uh, in the psytrance parties for example he likes that he comes from that uh, background no. That background is completely infused with Indian, uh, with India. So everything that is Indian is inside, and uh, and every all, all, all the all the friends, all the, the, the his group of people, the people who make music with him and stuff, they smoke chilom of charas. So we are really from that background in a strict. We're not. We are. Yes, we are talking about something that that we know. And we all ag- agree on, on uh, we all agree on this. Yeah, it's cool to see kind of how it's progressed and almost feels like your own evolution, but also the evolution of things as they're kind of coming about with the legalization of cannabis, but also mm-hmm. just it freeing it up globally as well. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my final questions is, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but one thing I've seen in Spain that I quite haven't seen here is the patella or pat- patella that it's almost like the cold cure water hash what's, yes. what's in there yeah yeah the the cold cure water hash it's it's something that we made i i think for the first time we never saw it before something that completely came out of our mind in 2019 18 because we have a lot of we are fo- a lot of focus on the melt, so on the hash and on the melt side. So you, if you have a lot of high high quality full melt, you immediately realize that you can treat it and cure it uh, as a as a rosin. So you don't need it. You don't need to to dry cure it as everybody were doing here with the with the hash so you cure and you let it dry out and then you have a, like a, a sandy sandy piece of hash that is completely dry out and the turps are evaporating super fast if the if the hash is uh, is super top and doesn't doesn't have a lot of waxes inside you can cure it as a as a rosin and we made and we made uh, we made this this thing. We entered also the Eco Clash that year. Also, other friends in United States they entered some cold cure the uh, full melt that year. 
uh, and it work, works good because you, you can keep the full melt at uh, room temp and uh, it's stable at room temp. You don't lose dirt, stay wet, uh, stay in. Of course, you can do it only with if the, if the melt is uh, top. Only a few genetic make. Uh... And now Piattella is the definition that uh, uh, our friends uh, here in Barcelona, uh, Uncle Farm, that is a, a club that we collaborate uh, a lot with, is the, they have a strong uh, group of people that love the cured water hash for mix it with, uh, with tobacco. Because once the, once the full melt is cured, it's easy to mix with tobacco. So uh, the, the piattella is, uh, is the, the, this way, making the, 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 the full melt in the form of a brick hash, how the people are, are used to see here, no? Because if, until the people see a white, uh, bright powder, they understand that it's something top, but they don't understand that it's the same thing of the Moroccan hash. They usually see black in a brick like this, uh, that is the same. But if you let it cure and you make a white, amazing uh, brick of full melt, uh, so all the people that are used to see hash in that form uh, immediately compare the two things and understand uh, even even better and even faster quality of the product. So this is, is it has been a smart idea of promoting something that that is would be so difficult to sell because full melt is super expensive. Again, not a lot of people are dubbing here. So a smart way of of presenting something that would be super difficult to sell. Yeah, that's interesting. Like you said, it's more relatable to people that are already used to smoking hash a certain way. And you're presenting them this new hash in kind of like an old style or packaging almost. So Exactly. You, you open a brick of something that it looks like made by NASA. <laughs> White, bright, almost clear. Uh, super turpy and 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 uh, it's fast, you know, to compare with what you are used to, to to see. If I open you, if I open you a jar of white powder, if you don't know, you don't you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you mentioned this, and slight mentioned this also that there's this little almost community of Italians that have really pushed like the water hash scene within Barcelona. Why do you feel that is? Uh, because we have, uh, because we were smoking a lot of hash in the Chilum. <laughs> so we need a lot of hash for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because we are really passionate. We have a big community of, uh, of hash smoker in Italy. A lot. We, we had the cannabis cup already 15 years ago in Italy. We had... Uh, the ECMEG Forum, for example, the historical cannabis forum, the most fair. in Italy we had the Italian section, really big, is the one of the biggest section in all the I think after the international section, the biggest one was the Italian. So because everything comes comes from India, comes from the 70s. And to be honest, the Italians, our group here in Barcelona, 
we are the last last generation that has been uh, influenced by that movement so if you now go to italy and you take a 18 years old uh, guy and you tell him let's smoke a chillum he doesn't even know what it is because he completely finished that that tradition tradition that for sure brought uh, a lot uh, for the cannabis in Italy, but but also brought a lot of misunderstood, uh, as we said, mites, legends, so uh, nicotine addiction, and, and not not real, uh, not always true love for the plant. So from one side, I I'm happy that I grew up in that uh, with that vibes. But I'm also happy that it's over and the uh, new generation, they, if they want, they can start uh, with the excerpt and with the vapes uh, and they, will they have water hash. Of course, the tobacco is still a problem, but now if they want, they have the water hash fresh frozen uh, with 10% terps uh, inside the top quality, organic grown uh, with any pesticide, nothing, and they can if they want, uh, they mix with their tobacco, with pesticide, with everything, not herbs. Uh, <laughs> but but, but uh, at least now it's a choice. At least now it's a choice. Right. Okay, final question. If you could hear from someone on the podcast, who would it be? I think this, po- this podcast already interviewed the top uh, Ashmaker in the world. Yeah, I mean we've had a lot of people on, yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really, it's really big honor to to be here with these big names. If we are, if we are talking, uh, in, let's say, let let's keep on the European side, no? I don't want to say for the American side, but if we want to keep on the um, European side, and if you wanna know more. Uh, about uh, all these things of the Morocco, of the water hash, of the origin country, I, I would uh, talk with uh, Confa. I would talk with Sandro Confa from GWA because he won a lot of cap in the dry sift. He's a magician with the dry sift. Uh, he, I, I, uh, Cuban grower also arrived second. Uh, behind him uh, in the Spanabis Cup uh, with, the, with the dry shifter. So. <laughs> and he also has big experience uh, also in, in, in Morocco and with, with the dry shift and everything that is more related to that kind of, of things. Uh, for sure, it can be interesting. Cool, man. Yeah, thank you. He goes by DJ Confa? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, GWA uh, Growers with Attitude, right? That's what that says? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are really clo- close friends to us. And uh, Sandro, uh, for me, uh, has been one of the first because he, he was already doing hash and he was already in, in the forum since years. So for me, he has been uh, like like a master in the scene uh, when I started. So yeah, I have, to, I have to say him. I don't know how is his English, but... <laughs> cool, I appreciate it. He, he can deal with it. He can deal, he can deal. 
<laughs> no, yeah, I appreciate the recommendation. It'll be cool, man. Like I told you, I'm excited to meet you uh, and Andrea and whoever else I get up meeting uh, once I'm out there in Barcelona for Masters of Rosin, which is honestly, like I told you, really kind of crazy to me that <laughs> I'm going out there for that. But it should be a good time and um, it'll be cool to see all the hash and, and meet all the people, man. Yes, well, for sure. Well, Spanabis here is amazing. We have a lot of friends that come from the United States every year. And all the people here are keeping the best of the best for that week, for the cups to, to enter, to show. So we have here amazing food. Uh, we always make a super uh, re- restaurant uh, tour and, and good hash. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the week of Spanabis. It sounds like a blast, but really, Arturo, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk multiple times. I had a good time chatting with you, and I can't wait to get out there and, and meet you, man. Thank you very much again for the for the invitation. It really uh, has been an honor to be here uh, talking with you. Of course, man. Thank you again. You can follow La Sagrada Farms on Instagram at la underscore sagra underscore farms for anybody who stuck with us this long we appreciate you and we'll catch you next time thank you for listening to the hashish in if you'd like the podcast we'd love for you to subscribe rate and give us a review until next time